Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Pod channel. We are back. I'm Stacey June. Hello, and I'm Christy Mercer. And we're glad that you're back too. We are loving the fact that, I don't know, you guys seem to be loving it too. Review, a rating on iTunes is really bloody handy. Or even just texting a mate. Well, I've been reading a lot of them actually. A, a few of you, they're all so positive and so, so encouraging of what our content is I think is so important and so we are so so glad to read them and and so appreciative when you share this uh, podcast channel is uh, all kinds of different topics dropping about our lives your lives and our guest lives and this week there's been a really big focus on endometriosis as March is endo March so it is the month where a lot of organizations and a lot of different parts of the world of sufferers and and medical staff really hone in and focus on fundraising and growing awareness with endo endometriosis yeah we brought back our endo hour yesterday if you've missed that on the channel you can go back um about endometriosis and really um kind of picking up a conversation that is quite new in this country around a what the hell is it and b how many women are actually affected in this country it's pretty astounding it's as common as asthma yet there is so much work to be done in terms of um I don't know, in, in terms of its awareness. Some of you uh, may have already heard that podcast. And if you haven't um, and you're about to listen into this chat, you may want to to get some kind of, a, I suppose, a, a foundation of where we began the discussion with Endo because today's show we speak to Sylvia Friedman, who is the founder of Endoactive, um, a endometriosis sufferer has got the disease and has played havoc on her life but she is now doing amazing things with the organization and pushing through parliament our very own parliament here in this country for for them to take it seriously as a as a country's health issue you know it is so so full-on how many people fight to even be diagnosed let alone actually then learn how to live with it effectively i am a person that has uh symptoms and signs of endometriosis i haven't had a laparoscopy um and chose to be okay with the diagnosis from my gynecologist but after listening to yesterday's episode originally so Mm -hmm. we recorded that about a year ago at the time i did not know that i had endometriosis Mm. and it was even after listening to all of the symptoms all of those uh, stories those horrific stories all of the misdiagnoses that came out of that particular hour and all the other work and conversations we've had about it i still Mm. didn't think i had it and then it was a month later that i ended up in hospital from a severe episode where i was passed out by pain on the toilet um, and then went in to do some more research and realized that there's a good chance I have endometriosis on my bowel. This is a really bloody inspiring chat. And and not just 
not just around the issue of endometriosis, but somebody that goes, something needs to be done. It's kind of a David and Goliath battle, yet we're going to start chipping away and chipping away and actually legitimately make a difference. And that still amongst Endoactive and so many other organisations that have come together to really get this heard in Parliament, it's really quite astounding. So we hope you enjoy it. And if you do, chuck us a review or a rating, subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify or stream at thethinkergirls.com.au. You can share it with a friend as well mm. that you think that may be going through something as undiagnosed or maybe their pain or other symptoms in their life that still goes into you know, is still unexplained. And I want to also give a big shout out to a Facebook Live event that we'll be doing tomorrow. Sil and I are going to be sitting down and answering your questions, whether it's about diet, whether it's about uh, how to get through the process of getting a diagnosis, what a laparoscopy is, how we can all kind of I really come together to answer the questions that you have and we'll give our experiences as well. So we'll be doing that on our Facebook page at The Thinker Girls uh, at lunchtime tomorrow, which will be Thursday, the 29th of March. Please join us if you have a question for Syl or I. But for now, enjoy the show. Syl Friedman, welcome to The Thinker Girls pod channel. Thank you. So good to be back. Hey, Chicky. You are back. And for those of you that uh, are unfamiliar with Syl, we started, well, we first met through work and in a work environment, right? Yes. Uh, because what you did with Endoactive and what you continue to do with Endoactive was something that we couldn't deny covering, really, mm. when you think about it, like our mm. audience and and I guess the secrecy behind endometriosis, the mystery behind endometriosis, and then here is your voice loud and clear. It was just an absolute given that, this conversation had to happen a long time ago and now we've since continued to have mm-hmm. it. And it was one of your producers has had endo, right, as well? I don't uh, know. I don't think so, the producer at the time, but that then kick-started a real conversation that um, essentially led Stace to find out that she also had endometriosis, mm-hmm. which is pretty a pretty powerful thing to come out of that discussion. We will... We'll, we'll, Give in the show notes the original discussions that we had with Sil because I want to kind of I want to pick up from where we've left off to some mm-hmm. degree. We've done Endo Hour, which was with Sil co-hosted our radio show, which we've also got on this podcast feed. So we'll put that in show notes. Um, and our original podcast we did with you years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll put all of that up. But I guess that is pretty amazing what kind of journey our conversations opened up for myself. But I wanted to ask you a few questions before we get into the work that you've done with Parliament recently because I think that's the Mm. most incredible, exciting stuff that I want to hear from you. But I wanted to ask you, now I'm a person that, that had felt, I remember in the radio studio feeling almost queasy the entire hour we spoke and I don't know if you had experienced something similar or when anybody talked about any kind of endometriosis or anything to do with what I suppose you saw your future to be does that make sense if I'm talking to a lot of women and hearing a lot of stories and it's all kind of coming down on me I start to get um so they call it parasympathetic pain or something like that it's like yeah, I, I start my ovaries start to twinge and then my back starts to ache and then I'm feeling really like like I've got period pain or endo pain. Isn't that interesting? Because that would almost be a daily thing for you, right? Because yeah. this is so much of the work that you do. Yeah, every day. N- nowhere near as as often and certainly with the online stuff, I feel that sense of 
the distance protects me a little bit from that, I think, but like physical distance. But when it comes to being at our conference or um, just being in a room where there's lots of women and lots of emotion and it's all it's all very, very real in, in, in your face and uh, up, quite upsetting. I want to backtrack just for a second because if people haven't yet gone back and listened to Endo Hour or maybe the chat that we had with you a couple of years back on this um, feed, can you tell us a bit about your story? When did you find out you had Endo and then how did you start doing what you do now with Endo Active for, you know, for maybe somebody that doesn't have any idea about your story or where it all began? Yeah, well, I got my um, first period when I was 11 and I can remember on the very first day that I got it, I was in excruciating pain and obviously I was complaining to my mum about it, told her straight away and she said, well, I, I got really bad period pain too, so... It's probably just something in our family. She remembered that her mum also had really bad period pain. I think she said that her her father used to fill an empty um, glass beer bottle full of hot water and wrap it in something um, to give to her mum as a hot water bottle. And that was like a really strong memory for her. And so this was from age 11. My understanding was that periods are painful, uh, runs in the family, just bad luck. Got just got to deal with it um and i think this is a really common thing women are just told from a very young age that period pain is normal they're meant to be painful and it's just something you've got to deal with so when things started to change as i got got older as in period pain was getting worse but also when i was skipping my periods um because i was on the pill um you know when i was what 16 or something Mm -hmm. um and the pain was just there all the time. It was beginning to be like daily, really bad chronic pelvic pain. Um, all these other symptoms, which I didn't understand, were connected to endo, like a shoddy immune system, really bad fatigue, digestive disorders, just awful bloating, like not being able to fit in my clothes properly. And how and how long did you have? Those I had symptoms all that stuff for like without. ten years without actually. I didn't realize. Because they all seemed so random, you know, and I felt in my mind that I was a healthy person and yet I was actually always sick and always unwell. And what frightens me the most now is that out of all of those symptoms, the pain was the one thing I actually wasn't complaining about to doctors, to medical professionals. I was actually going about things like chronic UTIs and I'm really bloated or, um, you know, just the various sicknesses that you get struck down with. But the the pain that I was popping like a million neurofin a day for that I didn't even understand why it was there, for some reason I wasn't getting that investigated. Is that because you think you were told since such a young age that you just suck it up even when it was out of the space of you getting your period? I, I, honestly, Chrissy, I don't even know. Like it just I seems that out of character. Was, I think like it was weird. for me mm. is that I think there was a general message to young girls that you either used an apregesic or, you know, stayed in bed when you had your periods or you didn't and you, it was a bit of a luck of the draw. Yeah, but what about when you don't have your period and you've got really bad pain, which is what was happening to me? Yeah. Like I wasn't even having a period. Yeah, right. Yeah, don't, okay. And what, I, don't know, I don't understand why I came to just accept that that – that was my normal. Mm-hmm. Very strange because like. And how do you jump from, well, where's the steps from uh, this place to diagnosis to endoactive? Yeah, so I got diagnosed when I was 21. So that's 10 years if, since I got my first period and was 
in all that pain. Um, and I actually got diagnosed because I was complaining to my mum about some light bladder leakage, which I thought was quite funny, which it, on seriously was the least of my problems. Mm. Like I, I was, I think with women's health too, we all kind of giggle, especially about yeah. girl stuff. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to, I'm laughing so hard. I peed my pants. That's what I was, that's what yeah. was happening to me. And I was saying that to my mum like isn't this funny this thing like and she was like dude you're 20 um that's not normal yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. finally someone saying that's yeah. actually not normal yeah, no, no. she was like yeah you might need a couple of stitches or something like yeah. to I don't know to, to tighten things up or something with your bladder so I'll take you to a urogynecologist who she'd seen and she felt comfortable with and he was the one who ended up asking me a whole bunch of questions about my periods and pain and blah 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 history I sort of didn't really understand where he was going with all of that and then said I'm pretty sure you've got this disease called endometriosis and at that moment what are you thinking do you I have never heard of idea it what I, had, I didn't is? know what he was talking about never heard of it didn't know what it was all that all, but you know the very next thing he said was um it can caught like you know there's no cure and also um, it's a chronic disease and it can make it difficult to get pregnant or carry a baby alive to full term and that's all i really heard after that as a 21 year old yeah shit. so that's yeah and that so was all i was thinking about after for that. information and there's hardly he, any he told us not to go googling and doing the whole doctor google thing because you'll get all the horror stories and the bad stuff and blah 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 but he didn't like he gave us a booklet which had these like two parrots on the front and i didn't really understand what that was about and i Felt two a lot parrots? of it. Yeah, two parrots. Still, still a mystery. <laughs> Nuzzling <laughs> each other. I love that that's stuck in your brain. I can. I've still got it. I've still got it because I just refer to it being like, mm, "Yep, this is what. This is all that we were given. This was the best that anybody could do." Is this not to mention someone's like, "I've got to do. I'm a graphic designer. I've got to do a pamphlet for endometriosis." I think the closest thing to represent this is parrots. Yeah, God forbid we like, have you know something what? that actually, actually represents like or, a woman's but they, heart. But there's they actually a series know. of them. There's the endometriosis one, PCOS. I've gone and ch- like sussed them all out, and a bunch of other like gyno um, issues, and they all have just a variation of different bird Birds. wildlife. <laughs> Because you're a bird love. Oh, God. Because you're a bird. Yeah. So confronted. That is a sick joke, isn't it? (laughs) A sick joke. Yeah. And in my mind, because like I think I was also reading what I wanted to read. You know, when you sort of, you're not really reading everything that's there. And I was, to me, the whole thing was about IVF, this booklet. And I was like, this is so, what? Like, yeah. I'm not there and is this what this is about? Is this what endo is? It's just fertility and it's IVF and and why is there two parrots on the front cover like kissing each other? Like I don't understand. Is it's this like 100% a- the first question people ask mm. me. Yeah. Oh, so does that mean you can't mm. have kids? Yes, yeah, yeah. because mm. that is the only thing that we are here to do. Yeah. I think that's a cultural thing as well, that they think that would be by far the most devastating part. And but- whilst it isn't a nice part no. for some – it's one part. And it's not even true true for everybody. No. But I have to say, like, just jumping forward a bit, that just so that your listeners know as well, like, that isn't 
shouldn't be your main focus when you're diagnosed with endo, particularly not in your 20s or as a teen. Like it consumed me, this whole thing about fertility, pregnancy. Every time I saw a pregnant woman, I burst into tears. Anytime anyone in my family or friends would announce they were pregnant, I'd cry. My, I was so embarrassing because you're happy for them, obviously, but then it was just awful. And looking like... So at that point you thought at 21, I'm, I'm not going to have kids for quite some time if I wanted to, but that's just a no-go for me. I won't be able to. Well, that it's going to probably be really, really difficult if at all possible and I need to start figuring out ways of actually um, coming up with some different ideas of how to start a family young, which is actually really fucked up. Having your fertility under threat shouldn't make you start thinking about having having children with the wrong person or someone who you're not actually wanting to start a family with or before you're ready money into you know, fertility, fertility even treatments. from an age perspective it's a very different place in your late 30s early 40s I totally. get that but even then I think some of us start separate from endo as women we start thinking oh I'm 28 I'm 29 yeah. you know it's and it's not the reasons that you want to go into a no. decision like that so Endoactive essentially came from a space where you felt like other people needed to be educated like you were not. I think what has been the strongest message and the most incredible message, I guess, with the the beginning of the endometriosis conversation in this country is that it is about women that are in incredible pain that have potentially had several operations uh, that the only way you can diagnose this is by laparoscopy, and and I suppose and what's that, that? That what is the actual surgery? Keyhole surgery. So it's a little little. Um, they go in through your belly button and maybe a couple of other places with a telescope, basically to look around and see what's there. And then with little tiny instruments, they're actually able to excise the disease and get rid of adhesions and lesions so then that helps people's pain but a lot of the time to a point it gets rid of it gets rid of the disease let's put it that way because pain is actually a whole different issue yeah right and you can have the surgery just like any surgery you can actually have the operation to fix the problem but if you don't treat pain it can continue and get worse and the lesions essentially create an environment that then create pain around that yeah yeah so that's where the inflammation comes mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. As from the lesions yeah which I suppose so but just to go back to my my point and my question that was I suppose that beginning conversation not necessarily from you guys and endoactive but yeah. what I felt was my understanding of endometriosis was that I had a girlfriend that had been in for her third surgery she needed over a week off work it was incredibly painful I remember her you know it wasn't just kind of that you went in and you felt better like she had incredibly horrific pain when she came out of surgery she worked for um uh, in the media around completely male dominated uh environment and had just had absolutely no support so the whole thing was quite horrific really um and that was my understanding of endometriosis and I suppose the interesting conversation that has happened since you guys have made such a huge step in having the conversation happen is that we are now getting a better understanding that there are plenty of different ways that endometriosis strikes and are many different ways that people are feeling the symptoms. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. But I guess my question is for you, on that, for me as somebody that chose not to do a laparoscopy, what's your thoughts on that? I think the problem with, with endo is that there are all these other treatment options and we're not being told them before having a laparoscopy or after. Because I think people want things in black and white. I think that's the other thing. Quick fix. Mm. Yeah. So have you felt, felt, not intimidated, but have you felt a pressure to need to have on a piece of paper, yes, Stacey June, you have endo? Well, particularly because I speak publicly about it. So it's a, I take it as a responsibility, which is why I always put this disclaimer. I haven't had a laparoscopy. That's my choice. And I wanted to go through different options first to see if it would help. Mm. Now, we haven't given an update for a while on this. So yeah, I I'm feel, keen to know what, how, how you've been doing you guys in because I am... I really like to try natural remedies. I like to kind of meet in the middle. I've learned more than ever, particularly for fertility and for endo, that I need to meet in the middle. I can't completely ignore Western medicine because there's a lot of great things that it gives us. But I have generally always fallen a bit more Eastern side and will try more natural alternative therapies before I go in and just say, yes, okay, that's the only way I can get a diagnosis. I'm going to go have a surgery. That's just not who I am. So when we faced this and had you on the show and then I went away and and had my episode, which for those of you that don't know, I ended up in hospital and did have a big episode. So it wasn't, it's not just been a walk in the park. Mm. I have unfortunately experienced horrific pain which had me passed out on the floor calling an ambulance thinking that no idea what was going on with me um but I haven't since had that and I did also look at all areas of my life I had adrenal fatigue at the time I was run down there was a lot of factors that led into that I think that particular episode happening Mm. but it did give me an idea of okay my period pain is not normal Mm. and period pain that's fairly hurt like it hurts you where you go this hurts is generally not normal it's Mm. not something that we're supposed to feel so I learned a lot from that experience but what I did decide to do is follow it through go through all the options go to doctors go to gynecologists endo endo specialists you were amazing at recommending all kinds of people I went to uh, the guys at Alana Healthcare and and they were brilliant and said to me, did the internal and said, your tissue, the lining of your uterus is incredibly thick. And from all of the symptoms that you have around having to go to the toilet and the pain that you have around pooing around your period time Mm -hmm. tells me that there's a good chance you have a small amount of endometriosis in your bowel. 
and we can do a laparoscopy to double check that um, or, you know, or, or actually diagnose you. Um, but if you aren't having pain, which is crippling you to hospital every week, every month, that may not be something that you want to do for the pain. It might mm-hmm. just be more for a diagnosis. That's actually really great that they said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's you do get your surgeons out there who will surgeries their you know their attention bias is like directed towards surgery and they just want to do the surgery and that's all they're really thinking about and they probably won't suggest other things and I think it's important because I've said this before on the show particularly with all of our health not just endo is that you you do have a right to go in and say what you want Mm, it's your body Mm. I'm not saying I'm an expert but I am saying that I would prefer to avoid surgery if I didn't so they were very clear on that Um, And they helped with that. So then we went through the diet um, Mm -hmm. and I went completely gluten-free and dairy-free and alcohol-free for a month. Where did you, like who suggested those changes? Michelle Chevalier-Hedge. We're going to get on the show in a a couple of weeks' time. In a few weeks Mm -hmm. who will dive Mm -hmm. down, like kind of break down my diet and other diets around uh, women's health and hormones. Um, But she specifically works very closely with um, polycystic ovary syndrome and uh, and had a lot of knowledge around uh, inflammation. Because there is no roadmap, it's like, where do I begin? Where do I go? Where do I start? I'm lost. <laughs> you don't really know at what stage of the journey you're up to. Like at the time that we launched the petition, I thought I was out of options mm. as in medical treatment. I thought I was out of options. I didn't, I was never told that there are these different things that you can do. I don't want to say complementary medicine, but lifestyle changes and things about reducing inflammation in your body and things that just make sense can i just ask common why, sense. why aren't doctors and i know there's obviously you know as we we're talking about before systematic responses where it's like well this is what we've always done or this is what we know and this is what we don't know so i'm a surgeon so i'm just going to continue to you know straight away suggest surgery as your first option and not kind of delve into others but surely we've come a long way even in the last say five years for instance why why aren't doctors even suggesting other alternatives as as going you know what I'm not really a fan of it but there is some research out there to support you know diet stuff whether it works for you don't know but maybe do your own research like why isn't even there a throwaway line like that like to point people in the right direction or give them options really yeah, particularly for, well, okay, first of all, medicine has to be evidence-based and science-based. And if there isn't any evidence to back up something that they're suggesting, then that's really dangerous territory for, for healthcare professionals. Right. And you're right, they should they should be suggesting things like that. But I know that there is no study that has actually been done on endometriosis because there's basically no money for endo research to look at the benefits between um, different types of diet and um, alleviating symptoms. That study hasn't been done. It'd be great if it was, but there's no money being put into endo research. And that gives you, I guess, a really clear picture on how health ends up becoming, I suppose, um, or how, how particular health issues end up becoming uh, well-known, how we end up uh, curing things, how we end up getting more information, how we end up being able to help people is that it actually is grassroots like this, that you need to have people like you guys going to parliament and pushing for them to choose to spend money on this particular issue, which is exactly what you're doing. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, well, I 
you know, endo's pretty much fallen through the cracks, hasn't it? I mean, it's so prevalent. It's just as prevalent as asthma and diabetes, which everybody knows about. There's tons of information on that. Very clear, I would say, treatment pathways of this is how you go about managing and treating um, that ailment. And lots of money for research. Endo... There just isn't. There's it, it. There's no. There's no school education. There's no public awareness. Endoactive has joined forces with another of the um, more prominent like endo and pelvic pain groups within Australia. So um, Endometriosis Australia, Pelvic Pain Foundation of Australia, Quendo, um, Canberra Endo Network, uh, and and some researchers as our kind of brains trust, and we've formed ACE which is the Australian Coalition for Endometriosis mm-hmm. and we've formed to come together to basically push with one voice rather than being fragmented um, and you know lobby the federal government and that's what that's what we've done and at where we're at now is after going to Parliament House a couple of times last year um, Greg Hunt Minister for Health in December announced that there would be a national action plan for endometriosis and the first draft of that will hopefully be coming out on the 1st of July. That's when we get a good look at that. And we've all been involved as recently as a few weeks ago. We all went down to Melbourne and um, had a huge roundtable like from, for Who eight hours. Who pays for that trip? That was the um, government. So they do mm-hmm. put that on, but yeah. only at this point, right? Because a lot of it, a lot of... The rest of it has been all, all funded by ourselves that's really. what i mean that's why i think yeah, it's really, really important to note mm. this stuff doesn't oh god change. we work voluntarily like i haven't earned a single dollar from endoactive in four years ever that's the reality of this though <laughs> and you're pushing it's insane it's yeah. like we live in it's australia we live in a it's, western it's, country yeah. where you think that we're all getting equal amounts of attention to our bodies and we are not Mm. we are not how would you suggest the people around you your family your mates that maybe don't know exactly what endometriosis is and don't know how to support because sometimes when you'd see Stace on the floor when we'd be in a planning meeting during the radio show and that was just what she did when she had her period on that before you answer that because still you need to answer this I think the important thing for me to say on that was if you see you, I think Seal will get you to respond on people that deal with it from day to day, but I'd like to respond on on not knowing you have it. And I suppose if you see your friend in pain or you do hear your friend uh, having severe period pain and you've heard this podcast, it is definitely worthwhile them looking into why that is happening because there were people around me that obviously thought Mm. also like I did that that kind of period pain where you are fighting back tears but that is just the norm and you're at work laying Mm. down in a meeting is the norm. No one else and it's not to point fingers or make anyone feel bad but no one in that room ever said to me once, Mm. do you think this is normal? Do you think that this is the way you should feel just because you've got your period? So that so would be my up. that would yeah. be my first okay. thing because it might not be endo. I don't it not is not always the case, but there's there are some very clear signals. There are, is a lot of signals with endometriosis that we don't know and that mm. aren't as obvious, but there are some really clear ones that I still didn't have anybody say to me. This doesn't feel mm. right. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'd say for somebody that's not 
necessarily diagnosed or even entertained that there could be a problem. Okay. So what about what about for people that do know that they have endometriosis? Is a mate or a boyfriend or a husband or a father or like as someone around? Yeah, yeah, what do you need? Support's obvious. I mean, I think to be believed is really important. It's probably annoying for everybody else, but there's no one who's hating it more than me. You know what I mean? Like it must be really frustrating to see your child or your colleague or your friend or whoever it is, your wife, uh, you know, getting into bed in the middle of the day when you really have got other things to do that you promised you'd be doing and why is this happening, that there's no pain and blah, blah, blah. And I can imagine that that would be frustrating, whether it's coming from a place of like love and concern and worry, that's, it doesn't really make any difference for the other person to feel that you're, oh, fuck, I'm getting tired at one o'clock in the afternoon. I'm in my 20s, like, why is this happening? I have all this, these things I need to do and now all the people around me are looking at me like, oh, not again. Mm. It's like it, it just doesn't, it doesn't help mm-hmm. the situation. If you're listening and you feel like you never get on top of it, it's never organised, always feels like a mess so true. and you always feel a bit like... It's like all your papers are out on the oh, floor yeah, instead of being in a file like all the time. And I do this for a job and I feel like this conversation is still... I was already thinking, oh, this is a clusterfuck. I'm going to have to explain this here and explain mm. that. That is endometriosis. Mm. That is what it is. And if you're listening to this, you're not alone in feeling that because even in an interview about it, it feels like a mess, you it's know. It's confusing. It's so, very all over the show. you shop. know, just um, hang in there and just know that people like Syl and her mum and many other pioneers in this country are doing everything they can to make that feel a little bit more organised. And I think no one should underestimate their own voice in all of this. If you do want to contact uh, Sil Direct Endoactive at Endoactive, can you can find mm-hmm. her on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, if you've got any other information or you do have questions about PR campaigns or funding or those types of things, you can always contact us at hello at thinkagirl.com.au and we'll forward you to the right people. Um, I actually think we will put Endo hour before this episode just so then it gives a bit people of a preface. an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's um, good context. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we'll do that, but we can sort that out. But later. also, fucking great work. Oh, what thanks. you're doing. Thank like, you. yeah, you should be really, really proud of yourself. Well, you have to look at me and know that you changed my life directly. Really? Well, you came in and talked about a topic that you are working hard on and not getting paid from because you've been affected from your life. I felt sick about it. And a month later, I'd had an idea that I too was a person for 10 years that had been going through pain and and thought that was the norm it's wild isn't legit it? legit making the difference mm. so good to hear great that's if i can have that if we can have that effect on one person that's brilliant but obviously we want to have that effect on so many more people because it's just so bloody common it is. Thanks, it Syl. is. Hope you enjoyed this. Um, if you do want to uh, share it, as we said, we'd absolutely love love for you to get the word out uh, of Endoactive and of this particular topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, always helpful for you to be subscribing to our pod channel. So give us a give us a subscribe, um, and if you liked it, a review. Yeah, it's very very easy. And like we always say, it actually legit does make a difference on iTunes, subscribe, Spotify, or stream at thethinkergirls.com. Till next time. Thanks, Sal. Thank you.
podcast but you want to chat about it more, make sure you go to the Thinker Girls on Facebook, uh, that's obviously us, and Insta, because that's where we're going to be continuing this convo with you, Posse. Yes, we want to know what you think, Posse. So every week we'll be breaking down our podcast content across social media so you have an opportunity to share your opinions. Plus, we're on Insta stories every damn day, so you get to come along with us for this crazy TG ride. Yeah, Merce. Head to Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, or even Twitter to find us. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.